Welcome to the Frontline Herbalism Podcast with your host Nicole Rose from the Solidarity Apothecary. This is your place for all things plants and liberation. Let's get started. Hello friends, welcome back to the Frontline Herbalism Podcast. I'm really sorry for my absence. Yeah, after the last podcast I released, I actually ended up in hospital um, for two days after kind of such horrendous vomiting and nausea with my pregnancy but um yeah we're all okay me and my partner are okay the baby's okay it's just been a really tough time with the vomiting but I gave myself a week off which was great and yeah I'm sure everyone has seen the news about what's happening in Gaza and Palestine been doing my best to share what is happening on Instagram and amplifying Palestinian voices and people living in Gaza so please um follow my stories and yeah kind of follow the different resources and people who are sharing what they're experiencing right now and yeah I hope people are organizing and resisting I know there's been really inspiring demonstrations all over the world with tens of thousands of people people are taking direct action against Albert Systems and other companies that are in this um, military industrial complex sustaining um, Israeli power Um, I know people are also kind of trying to pressure their states and different people who are sending arms and like military resources to Israel, including the US and the UK. Yeah. And then I know people are just trying to amplify what's happening, trying to counter the Israeli propaganda, trying to share the context of what is really happening in Palestine and what has been happening for 75 years Um, I wanted to read something that I wrote on Instagram. Oh, I actually shared a photo um, of one of the kind of things I saw in Palestine. So I was there in December last year, um, spent three weeks in the West Bank visiting different people and making the International Solidarity Movement podcast. So did 14 different interviews with two comrades, trying to kind of give an overview impression of different forms of popular resistance in Palestine and share different people's experiences. Um, So the photo I shared is actually a tear gas grenade uh, next to a plantain plant Um, And for the herbalist listening, they'll know that plantain is actually very soothing to the mucous membranes and very healing for wounds. So I kind of felt like it was, yeah, interesting that they were close together. Um, I took the picture while outside a prison waiting for someone to be released. Um, And it kind of, yeah, summarized my time in the West Bank. Um, So I wrote, it's a symbol of the violence of the occupation. Every person I spoke to had stories of theirs or their loved ones, arrest, detention, imprisonment, torture, house raids, home demolitions, attacks by settlers, broken bones, family members killed by snipers and soldiers, brutality and intimidation at constant checkpoints and so much more. And this was only in the West Bank. It was not possible to visit Gaza, which is effectively the world's biggest open air prison. Yet it was not just suffering. There was and is fierce resistance to the oppression. Vast forms of popular resistance from demonstrations, strikes, pressure campaigns, prisoner solidarity, demolitions resistance, writings, murals, boycotts, all forms of resistance you can imagine, including armed resistance and self-defense in many forms over many decades of struggle. The context of what is happening right now and why cannot be erased. Solidarity with the people of Palestine fighting for freedom, solidarity with the anti-Zionist Jews resisting the far-right Israeli state and Zionist ideologies wherever they find them. Palestine must be free from the river to the sea. And then I shared a couple of different resources. So yeah, you can see these on the post. I'll put them in the show notes, but I shared a few different news websites 
um, also a massive um, collect, uh, collection of resources and yeah, different kind of Palestinian advocacy organisations, um, including the International Solidarity Movement and yeah, various other groups. So I will put those in the show notes so people can check them out. And yeah, in terms of this episode today, I wanted to share one of the interviews that we published on the International Solidarity Movement podcast. Um, so this is an interview with Dr. Ghassan Hamdan of the Palestinian Medical Relief Society, PMRS, which is a grassroots NGO that's provided a much needed medical response to the crisis caused by the occupation. So PMRS's workers, like other Palestinian medical workers, are constantly targeted by the occupation forces. You know, we've seen this recently with medical workers in Gaza who are getting bombed and targeted, you know, and on top of providing medical care, they've also trained thousands of people to build resilience to the occupation's attacks. Um, so I think when we're talking, I think they've trained maybe over 150,000 people in kind of stop the bleed training, basic first aid, how to respond to people who've been shot, which can, you know, massively save lives. You know, and like this interview was obviously recorded in December last year and, you know, it doesn't speak to what is happening now and this kind of um, horrific wave of bombings and like literal murder of hundreds of children and thousands of people um, including the attempts to, you know, cut people's water and starve them, which is what is, you know, what we're seeing right now. But it does talk about how there is this desire to build medical infrastructure, you know, to respond to people with chronic illnesses, to prevent disease. We really, we you know, we have a really beautiful little chat at the end about plant medicines in Palestine. Um, and yeah, like I think. Yeah, that's kind of why I like this interview because it shows like it's not just about this constant resistance to occupation. It is also about like building collective life and collective healthcare. And, you know, we talk about trauma and how it affects people. And yeah, I think the interview is really inspiring. Um, it was definitely one of the kind of like ones closest to my heart during the stay in Palestine. Um, you know, most particularly because after, after the interview, like um, the doctor was showing us photos of you know, people he'd saved of when he'd got shot himself. Um, yeah, and how much medical workers are targeted. Um, so anyway, I just, yeah, I'm going to put a link in the show notes. I'm really encouraging people to donate to them. I know there's tons of places you can donate and I think they're all important. So just send it where you can. But I've included a link to um, the Palestine Medical Relief Society just because of this relationship with them and I would just really encourage you to be generous and support their work yeah and please please share this podcast and again check out the show notes for different links and resources and yeah I hope you are just getting active in any way you can um, to resist what is happening now okay take care hello um, thank you so much for making time for us today Please, can you introduce yourself? And the Welcome. I'm happy to meet you and to have you here in Nablus first. Uh, my name is uh, Jassan Hamdan. I'm a doctor and I'm the director of Medical Relief Society in Nablus uh, region. Uh, Medical Relief Society, it's uh, one of uh, the biggest non-governmental organization in West Bank and Gaza Strip. And uh, it was established in 1979 by different uh, medical personnel, doctors, nurses, uh, social uh, workers, uh, lab technicians. And the association began as uh, a doctor who was uh, interested to provide medical services for the people in 
the rural and uh, difficult areas, uh, the area where we didn't have uh, medical services for the people. And you know, in that time, all the the countries was full under uh, Israeli occupation, and uh, the also the medical services also was controlled by uh, soldiers, where they are not interested to provide medical services for the people, especially in rural and remote areas. Thinking by that that they can make pressure on the people to emigrate from their houses, their uh, villages, their places. Uh, and by that, they can implement the policy of trans transfer policy, where they are trying to push the people by themselves to go out from their uh, country, to go out from other countries where they can find better situations, especially for their children, for their uh, families, uh, and, and the medical uh, things. The doctors who think to establish medical organization, medical services, it's kind of building uh, health infrastructure for Palestinians where we can make services for the people and uh, related to their needs in, in, uh, in, in health condition. After that, of course, medical relief was growing and work in different uh, areas, different regions in West Bank and Gaza Strip. And now, we run as a medical relief more than uh, 43 medical primary health care centers, big primary health care centers, and uh, we provide more than 14 programs, like uh, women health program, school health program, first aid program, emergency program, chronic diseases program, uh, different programs which related to the needs of the people in the uh, Palestinian community. Of course, during our work, uh, what I want to explain that uh, health is affected by occupation. Health is affected by politics and uh, the condition which caused by Israeli occupation. So this is uh, about medical relief and we're still working as health provider, but we based our work on primary health care. Amazing. And you said about health being affected by the occupation. How do you see this in your work? So what I want to explain by this, uh, that we can't here implement our uh, strategy in healthcare. Why? Because under occupation, there is no sustainability. So if you want to implement your strategy on healthcare, you need st sustainability. You need to have uh, all conditions conditions which you can implement your strategy. For example, if you want to improve the health condition for the people in uh, chronic diseases, which is very difficult in Palestine, it's the highest uh, percentage in, in, in the Middle East because of the stress, the, the political situation, economic situation, social situation. So we face many people who are suffering of uh, hypertensions, heart diseases, uh, heart attacks, uh, and diabetes mellitus. You know, all the, the, these diseases is affected by your uh, style of life and your uh, uh, condition, especially economically and politically, socially. Uh, uh, we can't do, uh, take care of these people while we have emergency situation. Uh, explaining that, for example, uh, one month ago, Nablus, Nablus area, or one and a half months ago, Nablus area was completely under siege. Uh, 
So uh, during the siege, Israelis uh, closed all exits to the city, totally. So the people, they can't go out and they can't come into the city. And the main uh, medical and health uh, services here, especially hospitals, it's on the city uh, only. We don't have in the rural and remote areas hospitals, uh, full good and full primary health care centers where you can get and got all, every, all uh, medical services. So uh, other things that the medical personnel, doctors, nurses, lab technicians, different people are going out from the city to the rural areas or sometimes coming from the rural areas to the city. It, it's not everyone uh, working in the city and not everyone working in the village. So this restricted the movement of the medical team and medical people. And we faced that. We, co we couldn't, for example, many doctors, they couldn't go to their primary health care centers where they are working because of the closure, because of the checkpoints, because of the soldiers where they uh, prevent the people to go out from the city to the villages and from the villages to the city. Other things, the people who need to be uh, hospitalized, they can't come to the hospitals. And we face some conditions like uh, some pregnant ladies from Betforic uh, town. It's near Nablus, not far from here, just seven, eight kilometers. Normally it takes uh, the way from Betforic to Nablus. Normally it takes 10 minutes. But uh, when we had the closure, the way it takes six, seven hours because of the checkpoints. And uh, uh, this lady, she gave birth at the checkpoint where she prevent to cross the checkpoints because of the closure and because of the soldiers. Like this case, we have it all the time. So you can see that we can't have, we can't improve our health situation and our health system when we have emergency because everything is going to the emergency. During that, we have, for example, clashes uh, with the soldiers at the checkpoints, at the roads, with, not only with the soldiers, with the settlers also who are attacking the people, especially in Nablus area. Many uh, uh, places were attacked by settlers, stores, uh, cars, people, and they uh, if you heard about the uh, two guys which was killed uh, just three, four days ago near Nablus by car, it was uh, accident by car. The, the settler, he uh, go to there where they stopped their cars uh, in, in the way of the road and he attacked them by his car and he killed two people. So like these cases also we have all the time. So. Our work is going on emergency as a doctors and as a health workers. We don't take care of other things where we have to care for them, for example, to uh, children, women, chronic disease people. Uh, uh, we have a big problem with the kidney dialysis people. For example, in Nablus uh, sit area, we have more than uh, 470 people who needs dialysis every day. And these people are not uh, 190 people living outside of the city. So they need to come to the hospital because we have only one center to make dialysis. When we had the checkpoint and closure, they can't come. So this causes a different kind of uh, complications 
and uh, they face a very hard uh, health uh, condition. So like that, we, uh, this is what I mean, that we can't uh, have uh, uh, sustainability on healthcare and we can't improve our healthcare system. For that, what we are trying to do is to, to create different activities related to this condition, to condition of closure, condition of uh, the, the, uh, the political situation, which is very hard and very difficult. And in terms of resources going to the emergency situation, I read on your website, and I know, you know, websites can sometimes be a bit out of date and things, but that you trained 180,000 people in first aid skills. Can you say a bit about why this was necessary and how you yes. made it happen? So uh, uh, I remember in uh, 1996, when we had attacks on the, the mosque in Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem by Sharon, if you remember him, or, or if you, it, it, he's the prime minister of Israel, he, he died now. He uh, go there to the mosque, and you know, this is sensitive issue. It's very sensitive issue for the Muslims, for the people, the Palestinian people. So he go there, he went there with settlers, hundreds of settlers, and there was a kind of intifada. Uh, and, uh, people, they refused this, uh, things and we had a lot of and it's 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 not happening only in jerusalem but it happens also in everywhere in all regions uh, also in nablus uh, area uh, we had hundreds of injured people these injured people they they didn't find good help from the the local uh, medical people because we don't have enough resources for that we don't have enough uh, medical people. Uh, we don't have ambulances enough. So there was a, a lot of uh, complications. And the handicaps people increased from two uh, percentage among the community or for five percentage. Because the people who related to these injured people was doing bad things for them. When they evacuated them, they evacuated them from the field in, in wrong way and this caused different uh, complications. So we think that we should have people who are trained on first aid, especially young girls and boys. And we have, we create this program in Nablus area. We began this in Nablus area where we began training different groups of young people, boys and girls from the schools, from the youth centers, different, uh, with working with different associations. We train hundreds of people in, in that time on first aid. So we prepare ourselves in, and, and we uh, increase this our way where we expand this work everywhere in the West Bank and Gaza Strip, not only in Nablus area, but the work began in Nablus here in, in this uh, place. So uh, in 2000, when we have uh, the second intifada, we had thousands of people who are trained on first aid, young boys and girls. When the intifada began, they were working with us as volunteers in the field. So with these volunteers, we could do quality health work dealing with the injured people in the field. By that, we uh, this uh, way we help ourselves first as a medical reef, 
and the medical people, and we help the uh, peoples who are facing the soldiers, the attacks from the settlers, who were, uh, uh, were the, the young people who were injured was evacuated from the field uh, in good way, in the right way, without complications. And by that, we uh, believe that uh, we, only with volunteers we can do a good work. So for that, we have thousands of people who are trained now, and we continue this work until this moment, of course, and we'll continue it in the future, not only because we are under occupation, but because we think that this is important for how we can educate the community and the, we can have a good community which is educated and also first aid and uh, health uh, things. In 2000 and 2008, especially in Nablus area, if you heard, it was full under siege and the condition, political condition was very difficult and hard. When in 2002, Israelis decide to reoccupy the cities, you know, Oslo agreement make A, B, C, and the A is under uh, control of Palestinians, B also makes C is full under Israeli control. But uh, in 2002, everywhere is under uh, Israeli control. So <clears throat> that time, for example, in Nablus area, Nablus city was divided for eight parts by tanks. They use uh, the Merkava tanks, which is uh, very huge and very powerful, and they uh, uh, separate this part and the other part inside the city of Nablus. And they make trenches and road blockade by beton stones. So how we could help the people? The people, they need food, they need water, they need medicine, they need, the children need milk. Uh, sometimes electricity was cut because they destroy the infrastructure everywhere. So we have shortage of water, we have shortage of electricity, everything. So by these volunteers who are working well with us, and we had in that time in Nablus area, I remember in Nablus city, more than 600 volunteers who are who are with uniform, with vest, and uh, they are young people, and they are they have good energy. We divide them in in the, in the city, and we receive calls. This family needs milk for their children. This uh, family, they need uh, medicine for chronic disease people. That family, they need water, drinking water. So we had centers and where we can distribute all these things by using these volunteers. They go there, they, they face the very difficult uh, condition. Some of them, they was arrested. Many of them, they was beaten by soldiers. Uh, some of them they prevent to cross the, the from this part to another part by of course the soldiers. So with this difficult time, but we could because we 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 have the energy. We need this where to do it. By that, so we we could uh, help many people. We could help the families who are under uh, occupation. Who are and in that time, I want to tell you that. The buildings which was occupied by soldiers also. Mm. So it's not only in the street. They are inside the buildings. In, in big buildings, they put all these people's family in one flat, and the soldiers, they occupied the other roofs and flats. So this is, I, when I talk about it, it's easy to talk about it now. 
But in that time, when you do the work, it was very hard and difficult under high, very, very high risk. But we got it and we do a very uh, uh, good uh, work. And this is give us an experience how to deal with the emergency situation and the difficult uh, situation. So by training the medical uh, people and the first aid people, we have big army from by volunteers who are helping us in the difficult time. And uh, we are prepared to do this by our own resources. We don't have enough money, of course, but we have army of volunteers who first aid people who are helping us with doing our uh, services. Amazing. Like, how do you think you are different from, I'm sure you work with all different groups, but how do you think you are different to other like NGOs, you know, maybe other international ones like Red Cross or something like this? Like, do you have a so, different approach? Yes. Medical relief is created model and design by in 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 in, in this work so we uh, create the model of primary for example first aid uh, program which i talk about it we create the mobile clinic uh, the mobile clinic in, in in the time of closure is going to the people to provide medical services we are not waiting the people to come to the uh, primary health care centers. We go there because sometimes the Israelis are imposing curfews on the people. So the people, they can't go out from their uh, houses. They can't go out from their towns or villages. So we go there with the mobile clinic. Mobile clinic, uh, we have physician, we have lab technician, we have woman health doctor and nurses and pharmacy, portable pharmacy medicines. We go there by our cars and we declare about it by the, the mosque. We declare about the medical day and the people can come to build a small building or uh, municipalities or uh, local communities where we have uh, contacts with them and we take these buildings and we provide medical services for the people. So we create some models which will uh, be related to our uh, situation and condition. The other, uh, some other uh, medical uh, associations, they got these models, models and they do it, which is very important for us because, because we can't cover everywhere. So we need to be uh, yani, cooperated with other uh, organizations and communities. Uh, uh, Red Cross and Red Crescent, we have a problem with them because they are following the, some kind of international law. For example, when you have clashes, risk place, risk area, it's not allowed to you to go there. So you have to wait where, where the condition will be good and you can go there to take and to evacuate the people from there. This is, with, is not uh, any related to our condition because we have clashes, we have emergen emergency, and we have risky areas. The people, they need your help. So we go there in, in risky area, and we got this risk, and we do our uh, duty and our work with the people who needs us. So we are not waiting that the Israelis will uh, allow us to go there. Because if we will wait them, and this event, some different time, 
we, we can't help the people. And we have many uh, hundreds of young people who was killed and died because Israelis, they didn't allow the medical uh, people and ambulances to evacuate them from the field where they were injured. They wait them until mm -hmm. the, the bleeding is finished and the person was fully died. You can't help them, you can't do anything. And uh, personally, I got many times injured injury because I go there in that uh, areas. And this is not only myself, uh, also our volunteers, our medical people, the ambulances which we run uh, is doing this duty all the time. We have many people who are still working with us and uh, they got uh, injury during their work, during their duty. And soldiers, they are not following the international uh, conventions, for example, Geneva Convention which says that if you have, if you are medical person, you have uniform and you have the sign, they have to let you pass and they have to make your uh, work easy to help the people because you are uh, a humanitarian, your work is a humanitarian, it's a medical work. But the Israelis are not following this. They shoot on us and we have, I can show you pictures where we have uh, medical people who were injured. Our ambulance uh, several times got uh, bullets, uh, life emanation bullets from the soldiers. They shoot on the ambulance. And uh, uh, we have uh, our driver, ambulance driver, he were injured at Palata refugee camp. Myself, I were injured in the old city of Nablus in Palata refugee camp and uh, Beta also uh, town. It's not far from Nablus. The last one was uh, uh, four months ago, where I got it, a rubber bullet. It's a very, very difficult one, five or six months ago. And uh, I can show you the picture in, from my mobile where it shows that. So we have uh, many examples on this. How was it during the pandemic? Like, I know it's still happening, but yeah, how was your experiences here with COVID-19? COVID. Yeah, we have a good experience. And we have a good experience with epidemics in general. Because in 2002, I remember 2003, when we had the closure and the Israelis, they uh, destroyed the infrastructure, especially the pipe, the water network, or uh, yeah, the pipes. Uh, the water, drinking water, clean water, mixed with the sewage water. And we have a big problem in uh, three or four villages around Nablus, Salem, Azmoudel, Hatab, it's not far from here, where the people, they have hepatitis A, all of them. So we, we help them by stopping the, uh, using the, the, the dirty water, which was mixed with sewage water, and we got the clean water for them, and we, to our medical services for them, uh, uh, treating these people from the epidemics. Now in, in COVID uh, epidemics, of course the resources what we have is very limited. And uh, the vaccine, we got it very too late. Yani Israel, they got it uh, the first country in the world, Israelis. And when they want, when they had pressure from the the international community, they decide to give the Palestinian Authority some of this vaccine, and they give them the vaccine which was expert. 
Wow. Uh, this is this was declared in the mm -hmm. media and different. Mm -hmm. So we, we didn't use it. But uh, when we got the vaccine, before getting the vaccine, to all measures to make prevention and to uh, isolate the people who was affected. And we create some hospitals for COVID, uh, which was not created because our hospitals uh, is not prepared for these epidemics. So we have some buildings, especially for COVID uh, epidemics and uh, uh, personnel. We uh, train them on dealing with the, with the, the people who are affected. Uh, uh, and uh, by that, we cross this uh, epidemic. And uh, it was, of course, many people who has died. We have, uh, I don't know the number, but we, ha we have more than uh, hundreds of the people who has died because of uh, COVID-19. But we deal it and we provide uh, health lectures, uh, uh, educations for the schools, for the women in different associations and in the rural areas, in the city, everywhere. So uh, we do our best to, to yani, educate the people how to deal with mm -hmm. COVID-19. Amazing. And, and just a last question, like, yeah, I saw on your website again that you have the, like a kind of psychosocial and like counseling program. Obviously, like I've read like some critiques of, of things like PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, because in a lot of contexts, like there isn't a post, like things haven't finished. People are still living in very like kind of ongoing traumatic situations from state violence and from living under occupation. I just wondered like what your approach is to this kind of like emotional health of the people. You know, uh, I remember from also to 2002 until 2008, what we do according this uh, things, the people in the old city of Nablus, this, the old city of Nablus totally was under uh, attacks and siege by Israeli soldiers. So all the families who are living there, of course, everywhere, but especially in this area, families, women, children, uh, old people, sick people, young people, all of them are were under uh, siege and curfews. They can't go out from houses. They are attacked by bombs. And we have full family, which was killed, Shorby family, when they bombed the buildings uh, by uh, F-16 plane with rockets. And eight people or, or from this children and father, mother were killed. And we got them from the, from the houses, which was destroyed on them. Other things, this uh, situation is caused trauma for the children, especially for the children. Mm -hmm. So what we do with volunteers again, we go there and we try to take, to take, to get them out from their houses, especially the children in the squares near their buildings, trying to make some games, mm -hmm. some uh, uh, bending on their faces for the children, trying to uh, uh, get them out from the trauma. So, and we, we succeed to do that in different places in the old city of Nablus. Other things we uh, do direct uh, talks with, with the children face to face, one, one for one, and we got them out from this kind of trauma. This, this uh, also, this, uh, and this experience, we got it from also the, our situation and our condition. 
So, but we try to do everything which related to the condition again. Uh, training also the volunteers to do that. We have uh, good volunteers who can do good work with the children now. They can uh, play with them, they can make games, they can get them out from the bad situation and bad condition. And by that, we do this uh, work. We try to uh, treat the trauma of the people uh, yeah, and do some different activities. Amazing. In Calais, where I work, it's like the border with France and England and it's like 2,000 refugees there in camps and like loads of police violence. But there's this organization called Project Play and like they're always next to our clinic and they're always playing with the kids. And it's like, it's, this is what we can so do nice. also. Yeah. 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 With also, we can give them some gifts. Mm-hmm. We collect gifts from the people here, the local people. They are, they are very helpful. Mm-hmm. Yani if you ask them, for something they will give you the, the things because mm-hmm. first they trust us second they are they know that this is one for one of their responsibility to help the mm-hmm. people so give you a gifts for the children and we collect i, I remember thousands of gifts for the uh, the the children in the old city of nagras mm-hmm. from the local people is there anything else you'd like to share about your work or that we haven't covered I want to tell you during the normal time, also we are trying to improve our health system. And we do different uh, activities, like for example, uh, screening for the children, screening for the young and old people, especially people who are suffering from uh, chronic diseases. So we do some analysis, we do uh, activities for them, health education, uh, trying to improve also our health system where we, we can yani, help the people who are suffering from diabetes or uh, hypertension to deal with these diseases. And uh, improving that, we have now our uh, primary health care design is one of the most uh, successful design in the Middle East. And we got the World Health Organization Award in 2000 for building Models, primary healthcare models. So in normal time, you can do many things. Mm-hmm. We don't need any. We have enough resources. We have good medical people, but we need good condition for that. Mm-hmm. And are there any ways that international people or other people can support you? I know you have huge support from like the communities here, but is there anything no, we can do? We, the the help from the community is not enough because you know the poverty is very high here. Mm -hmm. So fortunately that the help from international community is going down and less than before. So it's less more than 60% from 2000, for example, now. So this caused us a difficult uh, work and uh, some uh, of our services, we we lost it. Like for example, in Nablus area, we don't have the mobile clinic now because we don't have enough resources for the mobile clinic. European com- communities, they stop supporting some programs and we stop some of our activities. Mm-hmm. One of them in Nablus area, the mobile clinic. Uh, we have now a big problem with the ambulances. In the law here, you can use the car as an ambulance for 10 years. After 10 years, you, 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 it's not allowed to you to have it as an ambulance. So we need to renew mm. the car, the ambulance. One of ambulances now, 
was supported by uh, French people, by uh, Toulouse city region. We asked them to renew the ambulance. They said, we don't have now fund for that. So we have a big problem with to, to changing the ambulance in, in, uh, in Nablus area, who is need, which is very uh, high needed for the people. Mm-hmm. Because our, our ambulances is working all the time with the clashes areas. Where we have clashes, our ambulances is there. We need to evacuate the injured people. We need to help the people to go out from buildings, which was, for example, attacked by soldiers, uh, the families who was uh, under tear gas needs our help. So uh, ambulance is very high needed and with volunteers who are evacuating the people who uh, were injured in the ambulance to get them to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So this is one of our uh, problem and yani, big bad things what we have now. This is a personal interest question for me, but, you know, being here has been really um, interesting, like seeing the women selling herbs on the street and obviously everyone puts mint in the tea. Yeah. I just wondered, like, what your experiences with health are with people using plants that they grow or from their garden or does this play a role in preventative medicine or self-care? Yeah, or? medical uh, uh, tradition is uh, or uh, popular medicine is very good here in Palestine. And the people, the families, they plant these plants in, in their houses, mm-hmm. like mint, uh, meramie, za'atar, different things, which is very good for uh, health. And they use it. Mm-hmm. They use it in, in the, not only in tea. They use it in their food, which is very important and very good. And I think this is this kind of medicine is uh, growing good in Palestine. Oh, that's great. Yes. That's good to know. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Thank you for your visit. Thank you so much for your work. It's so inspiring. Thanks so much for listening to the Frontline Herbalism podcast. You can find the transcript, the links, all the resources from the show at solidarityapothecary.org forward slash podcast.